Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Katie, and welcome to 360 View. This is where we explore a broad range of ideas on all things affecting your body, your wellness, and your mind. And welcome back, viewers, to 360. Um, another week. How are you, Katie? Amazing. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How's your um, your week been? It's been a good week. It's been a very good week. Productive, busy, lots of thinking time. Is it busy or are you, are you achieving something? That's why I added productive because <laughs> it was moving forwards. Um, but no, it's been a really good th- week. Um, lots of things going on, but also lots of time to research, think, delve a little bit deeper into some things. So yeah, it, ha- it has been a really good week. Sounds like you've been very at it. Absolutely. How's your week been? Yeah, good. Good. Um, yeah. As we said last time, it'll be a bit cooler now, mm-hmm. part of the year or time of the year. It's been, um, yeah, time to get the old winter woolies out. Um, a bit harder to get out of bed, as we said previous, and now it's getting a bit even more. I think it's going to be cooler next week. So, um, yeah. yeah, certainly uh, reassessing your goals and probably what commitments you've made, whether it's really something you can stick to. Whether it's realistic or whether that needs a little bit of a change. <laughs> yeah, or we find it as well, and it's probably a little off topic to what we're going to go through today, but um, some seasonal, like depression or seasonal anxiety with stuff going yeah. on where days become shorter, obviously the evening's longer or the, the sunlight and we've talked about it, about getting out in the sun early in the morning um, yeah. to start your day and get things going. So it's something to be aware of and not be sort of freaked out by if you do feel that you find yourself, you find yourself more on the um, glass half empty than glass half full this time of year. And I think naturally because you're getting so much less sunlight, it is more of a natural process to go through that more... Um, like you say, glass half full time because you're not outside. Like generally once you leave for work in the morning, like you get ready inside, you leave for work, Whether no matter what your job is, you're, most people are inside. If you're outside, you're pretty lucky, but most people are inside. So then you're inside for eight to 10 hours. Then by the time you get in your car, drive home, it's normally dark or you have an hour of sunlight where you're prepping stuff before you have to go to bed. And I was only talking to someone the other day about this, how – we talked about getting up or going to work in the dark mm. um, as opposed to getting home in the dark. And they seemed to point out that they struggled with the getting home in the dark. Yeah. They find it okay to get up. They they think it would be even better to start their day earlier. Yeah. And that they potentially would much rather have that light at night time. Because I think it just gives more. you the perception, like I find that perception of time at night, it just feels so nice. Every time you're home before dark, even if it's only half an hour before dark, it gives me that perception of having so much more time at home and it seems so much calmer, whereas I'm perfectly happy being at work in the dark. That's not an issue. But then getting home later just seems like as soon as it's dark, it's just almost like getting straight into prep to go to bed and be in bed on time and like get all of your nighttime things done. There's none of that time to wind down after the day. You still feel rushed to get to bed or get through that little um, whatever you've written out as your nighttime routine or um, your nighttime sort of go through. As we know, some of us have a bit more of a nighttime routine than others. There's a little bit of a rigid routine on this (laughs) side of the fence there. Totally. Um, because it does help even like, and I think that that, develop, that routine developed for me when I was home 
after dark, like very much after dark, late every night that it needed to be down to a fine art so that it was like half an hour, get all of this routine in so that I was easily switched off and ready for bed. Otherwise, I'd just lay in bed for two hours, like awake, not able to go to sleep. So I think that's where that routine came from. And it probably feel like you had un, uh, unfinished business. Yeah. Unfinished business to try and get through for your evening. But um, yeah, so it's something to think about. So it's, don't don't freak out if you have that going on, um, if it's happening for you, if you're feeling that uh, the time of the year, any time, whether you're somewhere that's um, it's summer now or if it's winter, if your day lengths and things getting shorter, especially when it gets cooler, mm. we seem to start to struggle to sort of keep that movement patterns and keep doing that commitment to us. But um, today we are going through a bit of training stuff. So diving in a bit of a hole, uh, Katie and I like when we do our programming, we see a lot of value in what we're talking about today. So a lot of value in how it's set up can be totally set up different for different things, different outcomes, what you want to achieve out of it. So we wanted to touch on what it is and, and potentially how you could implement it in your training or be aware of it or find a certain place to put it. So, yes. um, so yeah, so today's um, episode, we're going to go through a bit of stuff on tempo training. So tempo training, um, sometimes it's time under tension, it's called, it's called positioning, it's it's sort of reframed and put a lot of different ways and does a lot of benefit for it. So um, tempo training, Katie, how do you find it? I think of tempo training as the conscious control of speed within a movement. So within one rep of a movement, it's the conscious control of speed and making sure that you have complete control over the pace which you're moving when you're going down, when you're going up, when you're at the bottom, when you're at the top, you know how long everything's going to be and the first rep looks identical to the last. I think it's uh, it can be probably even broken down to moving with purpose. Yes. Moving with purpose uh, for a set either outcome or a set um, sort of skill you're trying to develop. Yes. So it's something that um, can easily be brought in. And like you said, it's about um, having that conscious control and making sure that you are in control. As the human body is, and if everyone's done it, you find if there's something that you encounter that's hard, mm. your body is very good at trying to get through that quickly. It'll adapt and overcome and make that very quick happening. I'll get it to happen whether it happens perfectly. I'm not saying that's going to be the best way, but we can get this job done quick. It'll be over and done with. Over and done with, and yeah, with minimal effort. Yeah, I'm not using a massive amount of like um, energy expelled for me. So the more about tempo training you can bring in is to think about how it can be used and how much it benefits for doing it. So directions of movement that we can use this with as a couple, it can be either eccentric, so that's on the lowering side or on the Mm -hmm. decreasing or going down in the movement the concentric which is on the up phase so the pressing away phase for you or you can also put it in an isometric and that's more a hold it is more um, in between or somewhere where you're going to put it for holding in a position being able to recorrect in the the end range so whether you're at an end range yeah like whether you're at the end range of what it is whereas um, the eccentric and concentric times or phases are the movement patterns of it. Yes. So the movement patterns were up or down, in or out, wherever you're going with it and what mm. you're looking for. it. So they're the directions of planes of movement that we look for for it. Um, do you find that it has to be even all the time? No. No, no, no. I think you can vary it as much as you need to. So, for example, you put your you put the time where 
it needs to go. So what your focus is. So if my focus was on the centric portion, it's a lot easier, especially for people starting out, um, to get more load in a higher tempo in the eccentric portion. So in that lowering portion, it's a lot easier for me to go, I want to control this movement and your control of this movement isn't amazing. Even if you can lift heavy loads, your control isn't there. So we're going to go really slow on the way down and then it's harder to keep that position on the way up. So I'm going to say you can go up however you wish Mm. or we can make that up portion harder where we go, I want you to go slow all the way down and then I want you to explode up on the concentric portion. Mm. We can go super light and we can go equal eccentric concentric it's really up to the purpose Hmm. as to what you're using so i think what you're getting out there as well as is is you probably need to have it in a plan somewhere so you probably need to think about it because we can do it in multiple phases, and there's heaps of studies have been shown to do it as far as through the whole movement so Hmm. say we take a two-week or a three-week cycle or three-week part of our um of our training and concentrate on our eccentric so every Hmm. week Whatever movement we've picked, whatever stuff we've gone through, we're going to concentrate on the eccentric. Then what we're going to do is we're going to go move to the isometric. So I'm going to go from the eccentric to the isometric is where I'm going to now not so much concentrate on the down because I've pretty much guaranteed that in the last three weeks I've shown you and I've worked on the same movement. We've done it through different either phases of the movement and what we've looked for. So we've got that down now, that, that pattern downing down to what we want it to be and then We've moved into our isometric for a couple of weeks and then we've moved to a um, concentric. So we're looking for that up phase or wherever we're going through and then bam, we retest it. So I've guaranteed that it's increasing tendon strength like we're looking for what we're going for in that and joint health. And then when I ask you to put that that high load, whether it's a three or a five or a one on the other end of it, it's going to see a bigger gain because you've got control of it. You're owning the position wherever it is. If something moves under a heavier load or something goes on in amongst it, then you're able to combat or oppose it. You have better control. You have better stability Mm. and control. And you also have better confidence in the movement. And you know, generally once you... The biggest problem people encounter when they get to a 1RM is they're really uncomfortable with it getting slow when they have to go through that lifting up portion. So, for example, a squat. Super comfortable on the way down. Gravity. Getting back up. Uh-huh. Getting back up is super uncomfortable because it gets to this slow sticking point. And normally as people start to slow down in that up portion or it gets to the sticking point, they don't know whether they can get up again. So it's easier just to dump it off of your back and stop pushing. So it gets you comfortable in being slower on the way up and having that tension and it makes it adapt to that slower portion on the way up as well. So that's not as um, much of a panic response that makes you drop it. Yeah. So um, as we've said, there a few um, advantages of going through. So a couple there we've gone through with it. Um, we've said about our um, it, it increases time and attention or TUT acronym. Yes. If you want to cut it down, T-U-T, time and attention. Um, if you want to cut that down. So yeah, increases time and attention. So you are, and, and this can be, we've said it before, if, you're, if your benefit there is, is sometimes you struggle with having as much weight as you need for potentially looking at some 1RMs or working on building at a percentage of load, you can cut this down to 40%, like 30 to 40%, mm. 50% of what you're one or, or when you're working on percentages. Uh, so you don't need so much equipment. Because our aim is to get a response out of muscle. Mm. That That's our purpose out of this. So the thing is that we can either a, get a, a recovery response. or a super compensation. Yeah, we can, we can force that compensation, like that super compensation through that muscle by either lifting heavy loads. So having 
a heavy load for short amount of reps and making that super hard. Or we can use the same amount of reps and drag out the length of them and reduce that load all the way down. And you are going to get the same response, if not better, out of that muscle because you have a massive amount of time under tension, hmm. which is Continually what Continually active muscle. Yeah, that forces that super compensation. It's the same thing with our pull-ups to develop our pull-ups. We go eccentric movements. So we go eccentric. from the top and we go super slow on the way down. And we don't even worry about the pull-up on those. Mm-hmm. No. So that's where this comes in. And you, and you can find you will build more strength with doing that on the eccentric. So sometimes we've put it in if we're doing a handstand push-up or mm. and people struggle with pressing back out, then we'll do it on the eccentric on the down. So we'll ask people to be controlled um, for three to five seconds on the way down. Mm. Creates greater time under tension because all that load is on and it's being controlled. That then eventually when we ask them to push up, like to actually do the concentric and press away, the strength building has been there. We've done the muscle patterning as well. So on the way down, we're still asking for control as far as what's going on and how we want to see those movements and how we want to see those joints and body patterns move. That that when they go to press the other way, it's sort of being instilled as well in that eccentric phase. Yeah, you know what that patterning should be, you know, where you should be moving, where things should be at a certain time. Hmm. Yeah, to create that thing. So, um, so yeah, so that increased time under tension for it. Now, it's low load on joints. Um, this obviously, like we said, if you're working in that 40, 30 to 50% range, if you're doing that around there, that's obviously a lot lower load on your joints than if you're working in that 80 to 90 percent same same um response from our muscle Hmm. but very different response from our joints so if you struggle with like knees and heavy squats especially or even shoulders and elbows with heavy pressing or overhead jolting movements Hmm. then this is going to be game changing for you when you move through this because like we said before it does increase that tendon strength Hmm. so you're by doing this you're not only steering away from that from that load that gets impacted on your joint normally, but you're also strengthening that joint. So when you do go back to lifting heavy, then it's going to feel heaps better for you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot easier for you. Yeah. So yeah, like we say, low load on joints, low impact on body structure. So I'm very good for that as far as if you're having some issues with potentially putting so much weight on your back, because maybe you've got some spinal stuff going on Mm. or some back stuff going on. So you can cut that down. Um, So yeah, limits movement breakdown. So, like we said before, you can end up seeing people when they do in certain muscle patterning, um, certain squatting or, or whatever, may see some caving, some falling, some stuff going down, some chest going forward. We're really looking for to be able to own positions. Mm. So when we talk about it, we're looking at owning a position. And so at any stage, you should be able to pull up and be able to reassess or um, compensate or be able to get your body into a good position for you move you back to where it should be yeah and this is when it comes back to one of our core beliefs is that you should be able to feel what the movement should feel like Hmm. so if you get for example no mirrors if you were to squat you should be able to feel to a certain extent that something's not right and that something's funky by doing that in a tempo you have a much higher awareness of where almost amplifies it oh yeah cranks it up the volume volume. yeah Mm. So then you're like, this is an issue. This is where I'm going wrong. Let me correct it. And it also just reinstills because I'm spending so much longer in that better position now that it's going to reinstill that's where I need to be. Mm. Whereas if I don't spend any time in that position, how is my body ever going to know where I should be? Yeah, yeah, for mm. sure. Um, 
it's great for neuromuscular engagement so that like we said that mind muscle connection this can sometimes be a big hitter as far as people just going through the motions mm. if you can able to slow it down and lock it in eddie you've really got you're really pushing it in like you're really forcing this in there to be controlled and and be intent yes um also really good for like your whole core breathing so this is excellent for you to be able to maintain your cylinder in your midsection so maintain your diaphragmatic breathing your belly breathing maintain that brace even your pelvic floor to be able to make sure that's engaged the whole time as well our pelvic floor and our diaphragm are the first things to go mm. when we squat or when we move too fast all right so this is the first thing that when you want to be switched on slowing down it's the first thing to going to keep engaged that wouldn't normally mm. and we're wanting to make this subconscious Yes, that's the purpose so, of this. So by doing this purposefully, you're actually going to end up working yourself towards being able to do it subconsciously in a lot of stuff. And you'll, like you said before, you'll feel whether something feels funky. You'll know where it is because mm. when you did slow it down, you knew where that position was and now you've sped it up or now you've put more load in, on your back or more load in a certain position. You know that doesn't feel right. So you're able to say, hey, I need to go back, reassess. Let's have a look again. And everyone has seen that person in the gym that moves terribly, that either everything caves or crunches, or, and it's purely just because they have no awareness. Mm. Generally, they've just started on their movement journey and they move atrociously. The thing is that they're unaware of that, happily yeah. unaware most of the time, but it's not until they gain some awareness that things start to naturally improve as they gain body awareness, proprioception, um, they get better muscle engagement, better movement patterns. That if they were Coordination. to look back on, yeah, if they were look to look back on videos of their gym sessions, you know, a year previously, it would make them cringe. Yeah. But they had no awareness of it. They didn't know that that was not how you squat. They didn't know that's, that's not how it's meant to feel. But now if they were to go back to squatting like that, they'd be able to feel just how wrong it is. Mm. Yeah. And if you don't know what you don't know yeah. um, for it. So can this, uh, this is great for hypertrophy and for growth. Yes. So like we said, you can put it in both aspects and how you pair it. Strength and hypertrophy. Yeah, strength yeah. and hypertrophy. So hypertrophy being muscle growth that we're looking for in that yes. or certain strength um, with it. Um, so, yeah, it can be implemented with any movement. Mm -hmm. With any movement whatsoever, you can do this. Have with. a purpose with it though. Yes. So if you're thinking about squatting is what's in your next patterning or you know, you pressing is, is what you need, mm. then potentially it can be put in and implemented in that. So Absolutely. Uh, you can do it across multiple things at multiple times, but you just got to think about sometimes that time and attention and how much that's going to build in volume over a week, over two weeks, if you're doing this time and attention for mm. everything. It's going to get to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to get to be a very taxing on you. So it's, it's maybe potentially you need a little bit more recovery time or maybe you pair it on one day and the next day is maybe a higher cardio or something where you're actually doing it. So you're ending up being able to sort of keep moving or move the body with no load on another one or, yes. or how you pair it. But because generally be when done. you put it in, you want to pick the movements which you have weaknesses in or that you want to make stronger. And or that's sequencing where or things are with you you're struggling yeah, with. That's where your tempo focus comes in because you don't just want to tempo absolutely like right. your entire workout because you're excited about it. It's just the things that the things that you want to progress or that you have issues with and then they're the things that you plan over the next four, six, eight weeks to mm. continue that. And tempo. we're talking, yeah, for us, usually when planning for it, we're looking at like six-week blocks. Yeah. So a lot of people will we, we, we'll find 
uh, lose a bit of focus after six or on what we're actually trying to achieve. Mm. Um, so trying to keep that either test and retest or being able to have focus with stuff is certainly something that we find is a lot easier across that four to six week break. Whereas if we start getting in that eight, we have done previously where we hit like a 10 to 12. And it's just too long. And it's just too long. Like you've just got to be aware of that. And the thing is for, for most people, unless you're doing a specific sport like weightlifting, where you know that you're going to feel terrible from about week eight, week nine to week 12, Mm. you feel like you're getting worse. It feels awful. You're unmotivated to train. Oh yeah, when it's heavy and you're doing stuff like that. Numbers stay the same or movements stay the same every week or every second week. Unless your focus is that because it's your sport, Mm. generally you don't want to get to that stage Mm. with your everyday exercising and with your everyday training. So that's when the six weeks comes in. It's enough time to see adaptions, but it's not enough, but it's not short, short enough to be like four or five weeks where you don't really have that time to build anything. Mm. Mm. Yes, having some sort of go with that. Um, So yeah, so who can benefit from this? Oh, who can benefit from this? Um, for starters, if you're training at home, especially in the current climate yeah. that we're in, if you're training at home, you don't need a lot of weight to do this, which is amazing. Minimal equipment, you can minimal do it body weight. weight if you want you can to. Do a body weight, and if you increase go, tension time or time, it, sorry. Yeah, you just increase that time under tension to mm. make that weight feel heavy. If you go slowly, something that's super super light is going to start to feel heavy eventually. Yep. You might just Engagement. increase your reps a little bit, increase your time under tension and your tempo, and you'll be sorted. Yeah. Um, other people that can benefit, novice clients, athletes, exercises. By novice, we mean under two years training time, working out time. Yeah. So if you've been New working out for less than two years, then that's our novice here. So that means that you still have generally quite a lot of work to do on your movement patterning, quite a lot of work to do on your neuromuscular engagement um, and on your coordination and stability yeah. and on your tendon strength as well in yep. your joint joint strength so two years to you may seem like you've been training for a long time but two years is a, a very short amount of time to be working out for in the scheme of your life so then those five things there are going to need to be improved on you and that's why we tempo train yeah yeah for sure doing that yeah like we said people with poor stability yes you can do that yeah, yeah. people wanting to build um size and possible joint issues yeah, so if you have potential joint issues but you want to build size and you want to build strength, then tempo training is probably for you. It's probably the thing that you need the most because otherwise what you'll find is that you start to train heavier, feeling really good, and then at some point, for some people it's after three sessions, for some people it's after a cycle, half a cycle, wherever that mark is for you, where you have to tap out because you're just sore. Yeah. If you're waking up and your lower back sore and your knees sore and your shoulders are sore and everything hurts, that's a really bad sign. Yeah. That's a, actually, it's a great sign that something isn't working yeah. and you need to change something. So that's yeah. when we go to tempo. Yeah, it's a good chance to, like you say, lighten that load and potentially look at muscle engagement and movement patterns to make sure that it's all okay and then build that volume back up. Mm. for that joint and for that to get that stability or that um, engagement and everything to feel right. And for some reason we have in our heads that we can't get strong without lifting heavy weights or that lifting lighter weights is easier. Yeah. I would tell you to go and do a cycle with tempo and to come back and let us know if it was easy. Oh, yeah, for sure. We did one the other night. I wasn't tempo, but we did it like light load, like just a barbell. Light load, high reps, and it was intense. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um pretty hard, like biceps and tries and and pressing and stuff. So yeah, it was um pretty hard for that. So um 
So, yeah. um, the last people I would say here is if your form breaks down every time your weight gets heavy, if you do any probably about big coordination stuff. Yeah, if you if you find that you're really good up until about maybe sixty five seventy percent, and then your form starts to like take a dive, this is when you need this. And I think I would probably look at potentially there if it's like you said sixty sixty five percent. It's probably going around that 50. Like don't, this is not a point to go all the way back to really light load and go so slow tempo. This is time to keep just a bit under that mm. and potentially look at a three to five second tempo. Yeah. Three it. to five second tempo with a little bit closer to where you know it breaks down, but just keep those reps shorter. So three yes. to five seconds, either way, where you're, whatever you're working on, probably eccentric, like we said, is the, is the easier one because gravity does actually help like by pressing you know and you can keep that under load um and then doing it in sets of like five five yeah, five reps sorry five reps five reps not sets for so yeah five reps like shorter reps do that and just get that time because when you think about it and and how it's written when we look like a three x one o or something you know like that we're looking at three seconds down but when you when you start adding it together like a three x one o Okay, okay, so we've got a three on the way down, we've got a, a none at the bottom, we've got one at the top, and oh, you know, we're going back down. So there's a four second, that's four seconds for us, theoretically, we're thinking about and that's how that's quite long. a quick rep. That's quick, that's a quick rep, like a quick rep. But like if you're a doing a five down, two at the bottom, fast up, one at the top, that's five, six, seven, eight. Eight seconds a rep, you do five of that, that's 40 seconds time and detention that's minimum. That's right. Yeah, and that, and that's what you've got to add and what people forget about when they do this. And they think, I'll do five seconds here and another three seconds there and doing that. It's, um yeah, it starts to build a lot of tension, like a lot of time and tension. You'll be sore from, like, be sore mm-hmm. from it if you've done it heavy. Yeah, absolutely, really quickly too. If you've done so, yeah, so think about that. Um, So, yeah, so we're liking uh, how would it look as far as time range? So how can we end up putting it? We just touched on it before. We did just kind of touch on it, but you can go anywhere from X, which is like our zero seconds. It means explode pretty much. So like one to 10 seconds is generally our tempo. Um, 10 seconds would mean you're only doing a couple of reps. It is very light and it is very slow. All right. There's only a few instances where you'd put that in. Whereas generally we hover somewhere from that, from that one to the one to five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, one to five is what most times. And there's two ways which we can do this is we can build from a longer tempo to a shorter tempo and we can increase our weight as we go. So we can go from a five-second tempo for a week, then four-second, then three-second, then two-second, and then no tempo. Mm. And our load's going to increase there, which means that we're instilling that movement pattern. We're, increase, we're having the time under tension on the muscle. Then as that time under tension decreases, our speed is increasing. All right, and we're going to have better control as we go to then build to a potentially one RM. Yeah. We can go the other way. We can have our weight is actually going to decrease over the cycle and our tempo is going to increase, which means that we're going to gain more control and we're going to be better at going slower. So we're going to gain um, being better at time under tension. Yeah, and being better engagement and stuff like that. For longer periods of time so that things aren't switching off, especially cool. So that then you can start with like two seconds and then you can build up to three, four, five, six, and the load's going to get lighter for you. So they're the two main main ways in which we put them in. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 
um, a fair bit with that. And like you say, it can be it can be played with any any way, depending on what. When you sat down or someone structured a plan for you, or you've looked at what you're doing, potentially have some sort of um, discrepancies, or or it's not working for you in certain patterns or certain movements, to work out what the end goal is for you. That's probably where the fun is in the game of what you're going to start with or where you're going to start to build from, whether you're going to build from a lighter load, longer reps, and you're starting from sort of your school base to try and get to a more um, experienced in that movement um, or whether you're going to start with it as being, you know, heavier loads and um, lower tempos and Mm. then build more to potentially uh, muscle endurance. Absolutely. We go from strength to muscle endurance and being able to make sure, as you said at the beginning, how our first rep looks like our last one or yep. our last one looks we like our first one. We shouldn't have our first rep looking beautiful and our last rep looking like a dog's Disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Not what we're after. And if you put, um, for example, increasing stability, then that's when we pause at the top and at the bottom. That's what we're aiming for there is just that joint stability as well. So that's just quickly where that isometric comes in as well. Yeah. And like we said, we can end up putting that in there as well. And you can build from, I remember we did a, when we do a phase where we did like five second down, five second holds, five second up. Which was hard. And like empty bars and like overhead squatting and things like that. increased like your mind muscle connection massively. Oh, yeah. So big. Engagement, positioning, being able to change and move like as you moved through motion. Yeah. Being able to adjust. Yes, Not quickly, but being able to adjust as you got to certain spots. And it's what everyone calls muscle memory, essentially. Mm. That's what you're forming. Yeah, that's, that's what, you what you're forming is the correct patterning. muscle memory. Yeah, and, yeah, and coordination. Yeah. Because in most cases, like you said, with our novice people beforehand, that coordination and how you engage with compound movements, as we've talked about before, multiple joints across multiple planes, it's hard for people to get to if they don't they haven't done it before. Yeah. People have been stuck doing the um, single plane, single motion Mm. isometric like you know one isolation isolation sorry yeah one one sort of plane there it's it's harder now to think when you pull that back and you ask for it to happen with multiple other joints or coordination yeah with your brain to get doing it so that's why sometimes if you're stepping away and you're doing deadlifting or you're doing squatting or something Mm. like that that that's where we want you to think about doing this and making sure that you're able to be safe and you own the position before you mm. get to go with multiple with heavy loads or going extremely quickly. Absolutely. So we're looking to make sure that it all moves well. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And if it doesn't work for you, there's a chance for you to actually repair it or make it better. Definitely. So, yeah. So that's good. I think that's a good place to leave it. Nice. Very good. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into what tempo training is. If it's something that you'd heard of but never implemented, hopefully this is your little bit of inspiration, information in order to implement it and to have a go at it and see how it see how it works for you. Um, and gives you a little bit of an insight as to why it's there. Mm. If you've ever seen the, if you've ever had a program and there's these numbers on the sheet and you really don't know what they are, what they're doing, yeah. Then this gives you a little bit of an insight as to why they're there and that there's a reason other than to make the program look more complex. Yeah, yep. to try and jazz it up without really doing anything. Definitely. There is a a position and a time for each one of these. So, yeah, that's what to think about. Yeah, so if you have any questions on tempo training or would like any clarification, um, make sure that you flick us a message at 360view.co on our Insta and Facebook um, or send us an email at contact at 360view.co and we'd be happy to chat. But otherwise, have an absolutely wonderful week and we'll chat to you again soon.
Thank you, viewers, for tuning in to another episode of 360 View. You can follow us on Instagram at 360view.co to stay up to date with everything we're doing and tag us in your podcast listening. If you found value in today's episode, leave us a like, a review, and a five-star rating. If you know someone who could benefit from listening to this episode, give it a share. And if you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram and we'll answer them on the show. Thanks again, viewers, and we'll chat to you in the next one.